0: It's Wednesday, January 20th, and you're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle. With Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. we're the tech version of The View, apparently. That's in the notes. Who put that on the prompter? (laughs) Ryan Kinmartin is joining us today, and he's a VR at Storage Solutions and Platforms Division of Dell Technologies. How are you guys doing? Doing awesome. Doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: That, we're yeah, the, to have
0: you
1: here. The, the tech version of the view line in the script came from uh, yes. some chat that we had
0: during TBP
1: movie night on Friday. Ah, uh, yes. We were watching we, Social
0: Dilemma. We do refer to ourselves as a gossip show, so I, I get it. I get it. It was just a little surprising how quickly my brain just read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, thank you for reading the intro. Um, I'm in that. <laughs> it's been a while since you uh, started your keto journey, Tyler. Um, mm. But I went off of it for a long while, and now I'm back. I'm I'm going to get back on it for back in uh, the fold, huh? Yeah, probably next four to six months, maybe. Just cycle in and uh, see what's going on. Yeah. But I'm in that uh, like third or fourth day keto flu. Yeah, feeling. the keto flu. Yeah, nice. yeah. It's uh, so I just. I, it's that feeling, man. So, anyway, I only got that once, well. and I don't
0: remember what it feels like, to be honest, because yeah. I got it 40 years ago. Yeah, well. I will I don't, also I don't be have COVID, on my keto either. journey in the next four to six months.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> man, I admire your stick-to-itiveness, staying with that. It's
0: awesome. It, it, Good for I, you. It fit. Uh, surprisingly, it, it hasn't been terribly difficult for me to just not eat certain things. Yeah. All right. Uh,
1: So before we get into, I just want to make sure we do talk about uh, the TBP movie night, um, which we'll do another one here in February sometime. Um, Ryan, I know you're a car guy, and I'm curious your take on this. So I I had seen, let me preload this. uh, Chevy did some sort of like stage announcement, and there was this buzz because in the background, they didn't talk about it. I can't remember what the main announcement was, but they had the Chevy lineup on stage somewhere, right? And in the back, people are like, what in the world is that? It's like a midsize SUV that has a Corvette looking front bumper, right? What in the world? Yeah. And all that's of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, here it is. You see them, uh, you, you see these, some mock up pictures about it, uh, GMs being a little coy uh, about it. So, um, yeah. I, I, what,
2: what do you, you think know, about I, I, I like that title at the top. So you know, purists will be infuriated, um, of course. Um, I'm a big a. I'm a big Chevy guy. Um, B. I'm a big Camaro and, and Corvette guy as well. So you know, honestly, I, I welcome this um, because to me, it's part of that that kind of step into. Bringing up some different lifestyle uh, choices that people have had to make, right? Like I, I have my Camaro. It is the worst to put kids in the back, um, yeah. but I like to go fast, right? And uh, Corvette even more so, With right? The kids you only the get back. one person, uh, right? Yeah, but the kids love it. The kids love <laughs> the Camaro and they love the sound, all the things I've done to it. But you know, at the same point, I would love to have you know a sleek, very you know tech-filled, uh, but but fast and kind of um, Corvette-inspired um suv so this almost to me looks like they, they're taking the the blazer platform which is uh kind of a small smaller crossover style uh suv giving you you know some space and back but um you know definitely if it's if it's anything like um you know the performance division of corvette has always done you know magnetic ride suspension and then of course uh enough torque and, and power to put you in the back of the back of your seats uh bring it on i'll I'll take it you know could they name it something else and and make some people happy sure but um i I like the idea that maybe corvette is the kind of more performance minded division and then you know you kind of have the um the other divisions kind of focusing in on on other things much like bringing hummer back right
0: i didn't know that i cared at all about well cars in general kind of but corvette and and where its name and brand gets applied but I I'm offended by this. Like really I, I don't call it a Corvette. <laughs> call it the whatever it's based on SS and move on. I like what why why take the Corvette name and apply it to a crossover for any other reason than to get someone to say, Oh, this must be the fast crossover, which I guess is okay, but come on. Yeah. Well, Ryan's made the
1: first <laughs> Argument on this that has kind That's of made me lean argument. away towards okay, this isn't this isn't that crazy, right? By by basically saying Corvette is the performance division, right? When you think about it that way, I don't think about it as a single car that right. go that that kind of moves through history. But what I still, I still 96. did the Corvette
0: division. No, produce. I know.
1: I know exactly. It's just the Corvette. <laughs> I know, but I'm still like 90 He pushed me maybe 2% the other direction, right? He's opening I'll up my it. mind from that perspective. It's, a, you
2: know, it's but, a ground game, right? I need to. A, take
1: that's
0: the game. right. Yeah. It's, it's a right. game of interest. Right. Russ didn't uh, tell you that, that my disagreements would be cantankerous, Ryan, did he? <laughs> well, you know, so to be fair, though,
2: let's kind of pull it back a little. Corvette would always be the front, the spear to making changes to their their uh, you know, push rod motors. Um, And even doing things that maybe weren't, um, you know, outside of that box, right? When they made the ZR1 in the late 80s, uh, that was, hey, let's talk with Lotus and let's see what we can do. They still had very strict things that they wanted to do, like, hey, it needed to be built off of a 350 style platform, but they were willing to push the envelope in in a few different ways. They were also the first, um, you know, back back in the day, they were the first one to have, um, you know, fully... um, the kind of polymer based uh, body panels right or i can't mm-hmm. think of the word for now. Fiberglass, there we go yeah um you know then they went and did we de- they de- i shouldn't say we they developed um, um the uh magnetic ride suspension which is actually leased by other companies like ferrari and place like that right so you have these things happening at this division that then make changes in, uh, across their, oh, sure. their platforms right yeah. so i think oh. that this could be that awakening of that saying hey we really want to make this that style of thing where it's always kind of been that way, but now we're just going to have multiple cars underneath. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I just, I can't look at a Corvette and see four doors. I don't man, know. Uh, and let me be hey. real clear, because every time I talk about this on Twitter, everyone's like, Oh, you shouldn't hate on electric vehicles. I'm not hating on electric vehicles. Yeah, okay. I do. This is, this is EV. <laughs> that's fine. That's great. No, I guess what I'm saying is having an EV option is great. If they wanted to yeah, create yeah. an EV option version of the traditional Corvette fine. I'm not knocking the SUV option, but I'm just saying, if you're going to have that much of a different body style, then just pick another don't name. Don't call
0: it a Corvette. Right. Yeah. Porsche, yeah, exactly. Porsche did it
1: with the Cayenne, right? They don't call it a 911 Turbo and then have it be the Cayenne, right? <laughs> oh, no, for sure. That's not what yeah, it. it. Lambo doesn't keep... call it a Gallarda and then have an SUV. No, they call it an right. Urus or Urus or whatever
0: Urus it is. or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. They, and, and that was my point. It's, it, it's not like Corvette and the division even as far as i'm concerned could be producing these vehicles but calling it a corvette just seems disingenuous
1: yeah same I, with the Mustang, not, i'll right? be
2: surprised if they truly call it a corvette so I, it, it, it wouldn't be to me i think it would be like it's the you know corvette something and people will probably call it sure. the the latter half um so I, i'll i agree there i think I, i'm curious to know um, what they're going to do. Cause like, to me, I, I like the future plans for making electric vehicles and what that could mean for the future. I right. also think though, at the same point, um, you know, they are kind of touted as like, Oh yeah, they're, we're going to get them to this affordable state. And what do we determine as an affordable state? And, you know, I think whatever it, the nearly... market will bear.
1: Yeah. True.
2: That's fair. But it mostly relying on, you know, Subsidies to get get them there, right? Yeah, quite. Possibly. To that point,
1: for the Mustang, I will only call it the Machi. I will not not call it a Mustang. It'll be Machi yeah. only. Yeah. But also it's got saw, the horse on it or the pony. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the front. What do you think of the front end of that Mustang? <laughs> it's horrendous. Exactly, I, you know. horrendous with a capital H. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last thing on this, <laughs> and then we can move
0: topics. <laughs> I not w- uh, hey, wait, 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 wait. Not the last what? thing, because I do have a question about this. Okay. Yeah. Why does it seem like most mm, automobile manufacturers have completely abandoned all decent. Am I, am I just, is this a get off my lawn? Am I yelling at clouds <laughs> by saying this all decent body styles, just because they put batteries under the hood?
2: No, no I know. <laughs> I would happen? agree with that. I, I actually just feel into that a bubble. I felt that way about Tesla for a long time though. Uh, you know, they've refreshed a little. Um, yeah.
0: I don't mind I still their sedans because their sedans are very just like, like Eh, generically yeah. curvy without being you know yes, crazy yep. on on like the roadster side like yeah but then, toyota
2: started off with like the uh prius and the more electrified yeah. that the more they just like stopped designing it to look like a car i yeah. think they want but, that
0: differentiation um, what, but that's ridiculous you want people I, to buy it you I, don't just want your yes. ev lines to look like a child drew them that's terrible because somebody spent a lot of time and energy <laughs> hey, designing hey, the, te- these things. The,
2: the tesla truck will probably sell uh, i know it thumb. will
0: and that bothers me because oh, i didn't even that think about that you're talking about the designs. at all yeah i was so i, I mean like legitimately probably like 10 seconds of uh emotional response to the tesla truck <laughs> but it was a sad <laughs> response like i had a, yeah. I had a momentary depression because I was excited about Tesla producing like just a badass next-generation electric truck, because there's some pretty cool upsides to that, in my opinion, and it would have been something I was interested. in. Instead, it was like the pre-rendered version of a truck, and they're leaving it that way.
1: Yeah. So to your point, Tyler, look at the I've, I've got them side by side. Look at the front end of the Tesla Model 3 and the front end of the Mustang Mach-E. Oh my gosh! They just look. Identical.
2: They're, yeah, I was gonna. They're identical. The only thing <laughs> is that Ford Ford was willing to play with a cut into the body to see if that breaks up any of the traditional EV front, right? Yeah. Um, I had always said, man, that Tesla would look so much better if they put a grill in front, like that that spot where you, uh, the white one you have on the upper right yeah. corner, where mm-hmm. it's got that uh, the European style license plate. Br- bring up that little cut in that they have underneath yeah. it to make a grill. And I think it would look that much better. It doesn't have to have no spot for air to get in, you know. I think they were trying to make it like look, we don't need air coming. We don't need it. Sure. Yeah. And
0: fair. and but I it, could see stuff like that changing like our opinion of what the front of a car looks like could change. But but I but I do still take issue with the fact that they're all just generically kind of starting to look the same. And Look, another criticism of the the Mach-E here would be if you're going to copy Tesla's front end, why would you take the affordable family front end to copy? Like, don't don't do that. Well, just they got rid of any
1: hard lines. They got rid of any like muscle feel. It's just a smooth, I don't know, bubble. Which is why they should
0: have just called it a Mach-E and then I wouldn't feel so strongly about it because it's a fine looking car. It's just not a Mustang
1: they're mocking the <laughs> model 3 i don't know whatever but it also hurts when you lift the lift the lid and you see, see a, a cooler, cooler no, right, i'm it. all for You're that like, man what? where's the supercharger all right yeah. we should get off this topic oh man um all right uh what else do we need to talk about oh tyler we we launched a uh, a, a little store yesterday so if you we want merchandise. A, a tech breakfast mug it's on the store i'll put the uh, the link in the show notes all right Enough you can outfit that.
0: your baby in TBP gear. Yeah. All right, so
1: TBP movie night. We watched Social Dilemma. What'd you think, Ryan? And I know Tyler, you said right before the show you haven't seen it yet. I have not seen this yet. But
0: so, uh,
2: spoiler alert. Uh, sorry, Tyler. Lots of spoilers. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. <laughs> you know, I, I sat there, um, and I think like everybody was, you know, getting outraged um, initially. I think a that that they're of course playing on those heartstrings. Uh, the, the second, you know, kind of sitting back and then starting to digest you know i really started to wonder how much you know do we sit and and put blame on on the other groups not that they're not doing anything uh, nefarious i think they are in in many cases but I, I also think that some of the things that are issues that are being brought up are things that we as people need to own up and and realize is is something a bit that we have to control and, and monitor, right? I think what you put out there is um, something that, you know, is 100% in your control. Um, how you handle speaking with other people is 100% within your control. And then how much you commit and do to, towards a uh, social media platform, again, I think is uh, something that you can control. So it's it's a bit mm. tough, right? I think they really want you to look and say, these bad guys are making you do it. Um, we should you know, regulate them or make them make changes. And, and at the same point, I think um, we, the people, own a little bit of that ourselves.
0: So not you know. having seen it and not knowing exactly the arguments that they make, I, I think the, the only pause I have in your response, because otherwise I think it was really well stated and probably a pretty good way to sort of look at that, especially from a culpability perspective, would be the the amount of time that people spend interacting with social platforms. Cause I think that was part of kind of your yep. last comment there. I, I do believe that that on the surface seems appropriate, right? Like it's just a willpower thing. You can choose not to do this. I think there's a substantial part of the average human population that is highly susceptible to addictive things. And I believe yeah. that these platforms were designed to draw them in, and I don't know that it is trivial to say they can just choose not to interact with it. it becomes- well, the cat's out of the
2: bag now, right? I think it's a little, little different now, but, you know, we didn't know how this would go, right? So I agree um, very similarly. Um, casinos are addictive, right? No, oh, absolutely. They prey on a very particular group of people, saying, "Oh, come in here; it's it's fun, and you might win a ton of money." You know, realistically, you won't, but uh, or more than likely, you won't. Statistically, um, you won't. <laughs> and and then we we get the idea that oh well, at least they made one eight hundred bets off, right? Like you have the option; you just call, and then um, which you can also get yourself removed off of that list as well. You have that control. So I agree; it is. It is playing on the the heartstrings of, you know, things that make things addictive, right? And they talk specifically about it, like, hey, this person just commented on your your picture. And then you're like, ooh, what did they say I really want to do Dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I agree with that. It was 100% true. But I think at the same point, I think some people were bringing up, look at what social media allowed to happen. And it was really making these Mm. massive echo chambers. And I think the difference there was that kind of similar to Microsoft's AI attempt, right? When they were like, Hey, we made this communication bot. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. And it wound up being the, you know, the worst thing ever. What it was though, is, is a reflection of what was being put in. And I think these are a reflection of people given this platform to say whatever they want, because it's safe, because I'm behind, a keyboard that i can say whatever i want
0: uh, some level of anonymity with
2: yeah with what's i say whatever i want i mean there there are repercussions as we just recently saw with twitter I, you know i'm i'm curious to know the outrage um it depending upon what's happening right so if it, if it's right now hey you're seeing censorship um and it's because it's you know my adversary i'm happy about it if it's my you know quote unquote friend i'm really upset about it um, so you know it, it's tough. I, I think you're right. They they actually sh- show like yes, we were trying to figure out if I make this particular you know sound happen, how much time do they get in there? And then when they hop in, what do I need to like make it look like so that they they They'll decide stay. to
0: scroll more and stay? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And and this is one I think we're going to have to touch on this. We don't we don't have to go way way we deep into it, but it sounds like it, it it has a direct corollary to a topic that Aaron Russ and I have have been sort of batting around when we would broach it. And there there is a thread on Twitter um, from Jack Dorsey actually about a a funded program called Blue Sky, which is sort of geared up to solve a problem that um, Stephen Wolfram actually articulated really well in a um, a congressional hearing, right? So he, he had testimony around this. And without getting into all the details, because I think this probably deserves longer than I think we should spend on it today, um, what Wolfram was highlighting is that there are some major problems with the way that we deploy artificial intelligence in social media platforms that almost predictably lead to these super sticky echo chambers. And yep. uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm going to summarize, and Russ and Aaron may summarize this differently, so this is why I think we should spend more time on it. But a couple of the big problems that he articulates is that A.I. as they exist now, especially the bigger and more complex they get, especially when they take more and more and more information and boil it down into giving the one thing or few things that it was designed to give. Right. So if if to to make it kind of as simple as I can, if. If we generate an AI to take billions of inputs and we tell it that what we want it to do is keep you here interacting with links and ultimately drawing ad revenue, so optimize for the time that humans spend on the platform and the number of times they click the things that get us paid, then it will do it. And it will do it very, very well, but it will do it without any consideration of the secondary tertiary dot, dot, dot impacts that that may have. So the example that I made when I was having this conversation at first with my parents was, if you teach an AI what a cat is, and then you tell it, make people like cat images, it's very likely to figure out how to make people like cat images, right? But if it finds out in the course of making you like cat images, that it's easier to get you to like more cats by radicalizing you first, (laughs) It will radicalize you to like cats, and in I'm not I'm talking about right because it's very about the specific, process. No, it's not and, the and, end goal. Like well, it I literally think- could could make you hate a demographic because it turns out that it's better for it to make you like cats, and it will do that, and it will do it well, and it's not human describable to just unpack it and say well we could have seen that. No, the problem is they are so big and so complex that you can't use human language to describe what's going to happen. You just have to let it do. And then you can describe what the results were. And that's well, that you, you
2: just talked about a very important part though. I think we we use the idea of artificial intelligence as, as if it truly can do things where it can make determinations like that, it can't. Everything yeah, about no, no. it is we put in what we kind of hope and want it to do, and then Very you're precise. right, we we see in the end what happens. And so I, I always struggle with the AI term, right? Because I think the general population believes that we're making something that will slowly become self-aware. It's not self-aware, it's everything we code into it. And so when Microsoft said, hey, we made this AI that you can talk to, it's gonna be great. Um, I don't know how they didn't really see what was going to happen there. I mean, people well, putting in inputs um, and they flooded it, right? And it,
1: on the it internet, actually... you'll make...
0: Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I, I want you to finish that thought. So so go ahead and say it. On the internet, we'll make... Uh, I, on the internet, people will
2: kind of do shock comments just for the fun of it. I mean, you, know, you yeah. find what? what can you do just... to break it, <laughs> right? <laughs> no. So I...
0: I... <laughs> And, and and we've talked about that experiment before, right? So this is when they were first toying with GPT-3 before they made it more broadly available. Microsoft put a chatbot that was using that artificial intelligence and machine learning platform into play, and it took what a day, and then it was racist, right? Yes. Yeah. So so they had to pull it back, and so the, there were obvious problems that came out of that. One is they were actually using the interactions in. Real time, effectively, to also reinforce it—the machine learning side of that artificial intelligence. I think, I think what Wolfram did a really good job of describing in in both the notes from the hearing, so what his testimony actually contained, and the summary that Aaron's kind of scrolling through uh, real time here, is it 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 actually isn't possible, possibly, for Microsoft to even describe in a human readable way what that AI is capable of doing or how it's doing it. So as much as we influence the initial production, what it's actually doing, we can't unpackage. So it's not actually yep. as easy mathematically to even say this is predictable, even in a situation where shot comments are still training it. And I think that that really is sort of the crux of the problem is that it, it's not there. And are you and talking was, about
1: the algorithmic transparency? Yeah, because that in that, that up. yeah
0: wolfram wolfram alpha um, right is is the search engine that stephen wolfram's name is tied to and and it is very much a a like a more mathematic based sort of fact finding engine sure uh, it, it it it's actually fascinating as a as an engineer and somebody that you know went deep into physics that they were able to take equations and actually go through sort of the proof that you would do in yeah. your studies as an example. And they did right. this all baked right into Wolfram Alpha but as, as but an application. Quick question
1: it. on that though. The algorithmic capabilities though, isn't that you know intellectual property that but
0: makes it it is you know, and that's that's that a problem is that, is that he gets into better? as well. Yeah. And okay. that's why so so when we read into it, it and like I said, we're probably gonna need to to dedicate some time to this and and mm-hmm. it does like I everyone should go read this if they have any any interest in understanding some of the reason that this isn't a trivial problem to solve, but what he postulates and basically what Jack Dorsey's thread on Twitter and blue sky is all about is we may not ever be able to solve the problem of algorithmic transparency. We may never know what the big thing is doing. I actually, um, uh, who, who shared it? Somebody shared a podcast last night or a video cast um, that does have an alternative to this, which I'll bring up real quick, but Um, What they're saying is you just need third party artificial intelligence that act as basically ranking providers in between the platform artificial intelligence, which is proprietary potentially, and is just trying to get you to click on images of cats. You need third party ranking providers that exist between you and that the user has some say in using. right? And then that could potentially solve the problem of dangerous echo chambers or radicalization or but but it's all it's all very like early. Like these are so just how does this potential tie to blue solutions. sky? Well, that's that's basically what Dorsey was describing as blue He's, sky's okay. intent is to democratize the standard that would allow third party ranking providers to inject AI that does that in between platform and user.
2: You know, it's funny you mentioned that part though, because in Social uh, Dilemma they mention they they show a clip and it's um, uh, Zuckerberg talking and saying, "Well, we just need more AI to be able to go and, and look at this." And, and somebody's right. answer was, "Are these people actually capable of self-governing? Slash, are yeah. they capable of making more that can make this better? Right? Are they?" Are they able to look at this objectively? And and I, I'd, I'd say probably not. Right? They're they're monetized to a point, um, especially when you're now uh, you have investors, you know, expecting a. Um, of you to be able to say, oh, I've I've packaged this up. I can get you to uh, this group of people, and
0: they aren't responsible they, for the greater good. They're re- responsible yes, for they're investor responsible. return, right? Like, like absolutely. Right. First, investor return. Second, don't burn the world, right? Maybe, M- maybe, maybe. It's fourth. <laughs> Maybe at least you had, At least I was gonna say. At least you got your money uh, before the world burned, right? So um, yeah, and, and so, I, I think we get into that a lot, right? Like regulatory versus can they can they govern themselves? But it's funny that that came up because that was um, that was Curtis Bunker shared a link to uh, I think the podcast is called Lex, but he was yeah, actually yeah, Yeah, so he was interviewing first name, Lex. A, yeah. a physicist who is actively doing research in AI to unpack AI. So the physicist's response, because I, I haven't finished this, a three-hour interview. It was insanely yeah, long. Alex, and I started entirely too late yeah. last night. He does but, really long-form podcasts. But but Very good, it was though. cool Very because, because it was super relevant to this conversation. But his his perspective was two things that I got out of the beginning of it. One, we can make AI... Whose job it is is to take all the crazy crap in an AI and make it interpretable, right? So the transparency side. So you build an AI that's job it is is to unpack an AI, give you the equation in a human readable format, and then you use that instead of the AI kind of arguably. I think that's more complex and that's probably something that he touches on later. But the second one was it, it is not, in his opinion, the physicist's opinion, a good idea. To keep making the AI that we're already using and is potentially causing problems, I I think we can agree that there are issues with our social platforms right now and how we interact with them or are led to interact with them. Right? Um, He's saying stop making them bigger and more powerful until we understand what they're doing. And and I I think there's a reasonable argument there. So I'm a bit curious then, like you know, which one uh, out of
2: you two um, do you believe is the worst? Right? Like what is the one that could potentially be the uh you know crux to the humanity uh, side of things right I, I have an opinion and i'm curious where you know which one are you kind of thinking are is, you saying, is leading like, the
0: charge because ai like, is solving that problem in both cases which i do think is funny yeah, Wolfram, yeah you know Wolfram and, and jack dorsey are suggesting we inject an ai in between platforms and humans and the the physicist yeah. was suggesting that we use ai to parse parse information and then change the platform AI. Is that what, you, is that what you mean?
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, so like, I'm kind of curious, do we have a front runner out of like, let's say it's Twitter. let will say Twitter is ruining the world soon, you know, faster than, than the other, or, you know, we're lumping them all in together as if they yeah. are, you know, one massive social media conglomerate doing right. the exact same, yeah. like they, they all have the same intent uh, to, you know, get everybody controlled one way or, or the other. Mm. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, we, they they brought up a an interesting part like when they started they're like hey we brought out the like button because we wanted to like we we were just california people trying to to put out a you know good feelings in the world like hey you put a cat cat pick I'm going to like that. Right. So, um, and then slowly we got to this, well, how do I get people to be looking at more photos? How do I get people to talk to more people that
1: like cats and, and
2: yeah, before you the knew, system you
1: know. behind him saying, nudge him again, nudge him again. Right. And yes. He's about to go talk to this girl uh-huh. and they, and they're like, Oh, he hasn't looked at his phone in four minutes, nudge him again. And then Dang it's it. like your friend, Eric is, is online, send a wave. And then he sends yep. a wave and he misses the moment to talk to her. Yeah. That's fine, and then and then is
2: slowly a zombie at the end, and and yeah, that's what got too. me. <laughs> that's what
1: got me right. So, and we can come back to your question, but watching the guy turn into a zombie had an immediate parallel to real life of like if I'm ever out near where my kids are and I'm responding to a text or something like that, and they come up and they're like, "Dad, dad, dad," you know, hit me on the leg or whatever. Yeah, I just immediately snapped in my mind like I'm that zombie kid that's sitting yeah, there with I'm, my back I'm walking against in the this, locker, I'm walking this way. Scrolling, Yeah, exactly. I'm, you know, scrolling through whatever and somebody walks up and is like, hey, you going to the soccer game? And I just don't respond. Like, yeah. 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 So I I ended up, I mean, I don't know what you did. I ended up disabling all notifications on my phone except for um, some security things for my house. That was it. Like everything except for that. And uh, it actually feels better. And deleted a few apps as well.
2: Haven't deleted any yet. (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, honestly, within so, I mean, I had notifications on for Twitter, and that's not healthy. That is not healthy yeah. at all for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am on Twitter regularly, and uh, disabling the notifications felt so much better.
2: Yeah, no notifications on Twitter. Um, specific callouts on uh, things though would would get an alert, which I'm not that popular, so I don't get a ton. Um, Some so on, on Facebook side, I, I still have. Alerts to if people specifically tag me, uh, which luckily I'm not like you know, tagged in any alt left or alt right,
1: um, you know, let's go places and <laughs> do things uh, type things. That's what I love so, about the
0: the movie. The, they kept they kept referring to the extreme center. Which I yeah, extreme
1: center. <laughs> That's I
0: I, I have to watch it. I have not seen it, and I I've been meaning to, and I just haven't dedicated the time to it. But, yeah. uh, but it sounds sounds really good. Sounds thought provoking.
1: Yeah. The other line in there too was that it needs to be a tool that I use and not something that yep. uses me. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm. anyway. Well, and I think I think that's that's sort of the issue, right? Is that the this is this is where the AI comes out in in very very strong, is that the AI is probably better at getting you to or using you than you are at controlling whether or not you're using it right yeah and that's that is an issue is that I, I think artificial intelligence is for lack of a better way to say this to sound weird it's, it's talented at doing that one thing or or the things the short list well humans, are predictable. Yeah. Well, humans that's are predictable perhaps optimized yeah well they are predictable
1: so we so we we started we got a game for christmas called exploding kittens and <laughs> the most important thing in the game exploding kittens is this diffuse card if you've ever played it most people will put the most important card on either the far right or the far left in their hand. And if you That's can really learn fun. that about a person, whenever in the game you're able to steal cards from them, you can go steal a card from the edge, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you increase your likelihood of grabbing the most important part, uh, card in the game. Humans are so predictable in that manner. And so AE, or A E or AI uh, takes advantage of that.
2: Yep. I think yep. marketing has always tried to find ways to, you know, get some form of a response from people. They just didn't get a great feedback loop, right? You know, if you're watching the Super Bowl ad before social media existed, um, they had to sit back and wait and see, okay, did everybody buy Doritos they
0: because yeah. they you know Did it work?
2: They saw yeah, did it work? Um, you know, so now they just have a great feedback loop and, and the power yeah. behind Facebook and, and Twitter is that they're selling you that we can get you that, that feedback pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Uh, or we can get you to the people that will buy your product. And we are a you know capitalistic society. That is gold. That is and absolutely what well. people want. Yes, consumerist and capitalistic all at the same, you know, those those things are, you know, something we we value. As a business, I want to be able to get to the people that will buy my product. And they're offering it. So if we start to say who is, who is the ones that really want the change, yes, it, it's people because we don't want to be used and we don't want to be zombies, but
0: businesses don't want that to really go away. Yeah.
2: Unless it's well,
0: know, and, and starting it's funny wars, he, of course. Wolfram actually brings that up in his article as well. He, he mentions that you're not the end user, right? The, and, yep. and he doesn't, I don't think, specifically call out who the end user is, but the end user is the advertiser. They're, they're the ones that are paying to have this platform done. You, you are part of that product. I know that's a, a bit overdone, perhaps, uh, statement-wise. But but that that really is the point, is that the advertisers, the marketers, the, the folks that are selling, the capitalistic side of this is really doing a transaction with the platform. And you are, you know, the meat. Yep. <laughs>
1: All right, anything else we need to talk about on that? Should we switch topics? Do yeah. Go back I can answer some other
0: questions. I think we can step past that. I mean, I guess we get to answer Ryan's question which one's yeah. the worst? I, I do actually think that um, the artificial intelligence. I think he asked which one was better.
2: Yeah, whichever. <laughs> It'll oh, work. well. Which, I mean, oh, to oh, me, you,
0: mean, you which, which is a better which, solution or which one's well, more yeah, scary? Yeah, which one do you, well, which uh, one do you think? Well, I'll actually take both better? of those. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it's answering the same question.
0: Yeah, I, I actually, without knowing much about it I like the way that the uh, that that Lex's podcast uh, guest was was sort of explaining how uh, I guess deterministic AI could be used to unpack uh, other artificial intelligences and and give us visibility uh, put it this way yeah. whether that ends up being the real-time and elegant solution to what I think is the problem with platform AI right now, it's, it's something that we should absolutely be dedicating time to because it will help us make sure that any AI doesn't get to the point where it is capable of doing something more catastrophic than we considered, right? So a chatbot that becomes racist, that's bad. A, a chatbot that ends up being used for 90% of corporate uh, you know telephone interactions that becomes racist is very bad. And if it's subtle enough that we don't notice it until it's done a lot of damage, that's very, very bad, right? But if you if you have some inkling of what it can do, you know the the big red button in the corner, then you can fix it. And so I I think I like that one better than just having a democratized ranking provider, uh, open source or otherwise, in the middle. But but it, maybe they're both necessary.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I lean towards the the one that you're describing from Lex Friedman's podcast. And I'm sorry, I would say the gentleman's name. I don't know it. Um, the his his guest. Uh, but I would rather see something that's like an. And again, this is a very under researched opinion, but just my gut reaction is I'd rather see an AI auditor type of a thing, right? Where you have yeah. a system that can that can tell me what's going on with this one, rather than something that sits in between to manage it
0: yeah yeah and and that I, I like that that kind of naming convention right it's a an ai that's designed to audit um and it was cool because he had the the guest lex Friedman's guest had really good examples of how we're already doing this right um um it, it it starts with if you just put massive equations in front of the right kind of artificial intelligence and you say Tell me what I'm trying to solve. They're actually capable of coming up with those like fundamental physics constructs, right? So they can back out of a bunch of data, they could back out Newton's laws. And, is and it this one two
1: days ago, Max Tegmark, is that the guy?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Because the last Max time Tegmark. he was on the show apparently was the, the very first show that Lex yeah. had. So, Max, yeah, thanks for looking that up because I they? couldn't think of his yeah. name either. Um, but um, no, it, it really is, it, it was fascinating, and he was basically saying. You can you can just throw equations and answers out, right? And and it will the AI that they're working on is capable of taking that and actually boiling it down to sort of fundamental physics concepts. There are, there must be constraints, or we'd already have answers to to bigger, badder, you know, standardization yeah. questions. But it's still really impressive. And it, it also makes sense if transparency is what we need and we don't have and human. Uh, interpretable AI is what we need and we don't have, then that seems like a very elegant mathematical solution to it. But
2: I am curious though, if those will be the answers to what we need towards the end of the social dilemma, they, they ask a lot of those people, okay, what is, what went wrong? What is wrong? How do we fix it? And there weren't a lot of answers and that was probably on purpose, yeah. right? I think that yeah. that's part of the, the whole yeah. make you guys think. And then you go out and talk, and tell people about it and all those things. But, you know, I,
1: I'm, I'm curious to see the way it ended. Yeah. The way it ended. Cause the whole show was like, uh, you know, a gut punch like over and over and over, yes. over and over. <laughs> and then they ended, they ended the movie with like 45 seconds of like really bright music. Like they switched from minor chords to major chords yeah. and, you know, they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, but you know, the hope of humanity and, you know, you can do this. And yeah. Like, oh, okay.
0: Right. <laughs> thanks. thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I think, I think I, I was
1: just sold again.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. They knew what they were doing.
1: Yep. All right. Uh, so let me, before we run out of time here, let me talk about Twitter Spaces real quick. I don't know if y'all have seen that, um, those of y'all that are on uh, Twitter, I have not. but there is a um, go-to at Twitter Spaces and you'll just see like a purple uh, background, a purple avatar, etc. Well, whenever you launch the Twitter mobile app, you'll see uh, the fleets up at the top. Yep. There is now something called Twitter spaces that they're that they're playing around with. And from what I can tell, it's only Twitter employees that have access to and are able to do this. Mm. And I follow a few of them. And I went in uh, last night and somebody had launched a Twitter space. Uh, Lee Culver uh, was the first one I saw. And then I saw one later that night. But anyway, she, up at the top where it was fleets, it's basically, if you can imagine a number of the faces of fleets pushed together and then surrounded by this purple bubble, that's what it looked like. And you just click and you join, and you can join as either a listener or a speaker. And it's basically just a conference call. But at the same time, you can you can actually leave the Twitter app, and it'll still work. Um, you can go. A lot of what they were doing were just kind of talking about, you know, um, you know, cool tweets that you had seen, or well, you know, what are y'all watching? Is it just trying to test out the functionality of it. You can react to people's comments um, with emojis and various things like that. So it's actually really Dude. interesting. And the the one of the coolest things about it was I follow a bunch of different like uh, tech reporting people or people at Twitter or people at you know wherever all over the place, all around the world. And then suddenly you know the twelve of us, and then the next time it was like fifty two of us were all in a call together. You know, crystal clear audio. I, it was super cool. I was I was impressed. It, it's a very different thing uh, for what Twitter has been.
2: Um, so, if somebody help. uses that for bad, uh, you know, bad, does that now mean, well, crap? We really got to make them not make a platform like that, or is the you know this functionality going to potentially allow for, say, you know, alt right or alt left group to to use something like that to talk and be able to do something? Yeah. Um, um, and is that bad, or is that the platform's fault, or is it people using a tool for the wrong thing, right? Yeah. So I think that's that's kind of my what I was thinking <laughs> no, it's of a great, for the social dilemma is like some of the stuff is a tool.
1: Yeah, and how and to point, how it though,
2: gets used is a little.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. One of the things I was thinking about was how easy it would would be to. Um, Now you're talking directly with people at Twitter, so like you're plugged into some high power stuff, right? If you get on there and you start messing with them and just like overrunning them with audio or whatever, um, you're likely to just have your account (laughs) deleted at that point. You're out, right? Um, But yeah, I I didn't think about that. So one of the one of the features of it is you can turn on transcripts, right? So you Mm -hmm. can you you, I mean you can join. It's great for you know the hearing impaired, etc. You can still participate in in uh, spaces. But that also tells you too, that if you are like putting together these spaces and you are alt center and you're in there and Twitter's getting a feed of your transcript, um, yeah. Is it their responsibility to go in and shut them down or are they just a platform? I think that's what's, what's on the topic. Uh, that's what's on the table to be discussed.
0: Um, yeah, I, I I, I think, I think platform owners have an ethical responsibility to try to do the right thing. Where's the line, cases, though? Right. Is, is, I, know yeah, I, yeah. I know, and I've made the argument before. If, yeah. if you're going to have a terms of service that say you can't do X, Y, or Z, and it's nebulous enough that you are picking and choosing who gets banned yeah. or or paused as a result, you have to be really, really careful about how strict. The, the rules are, how clear the rules yeah. are, and then how you execute them. Because I, I think mistakes have been made in recent history uh, at at applying terms of service violation bans possibly inappropriately. And it's not, not because it wasn't appropriate to ban certain users. It was because it did when not they appear to, do it? to be it did not appear to be Based on the same set of criteria that other users got banned, yeah. And that's the problem cool. with using terms of service and actually going through it. But then also at volume, yeah. what are they capable of?
2: Yeah, I, you know, I th- I heard stats that the average Twitter account is like 15 minutes old because they're having to ban oh, these wow. net new like bots that come up, yeah, and um, or that are you know just spewing out really bad things constantly. Um, so. I I think it's easy for the uninformed. Uh, I have a a buddy who's super upset about some of the recent uh, higher profile bannings um, and thinks that it's an attack on a way of thinking. And I Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like it was a long time coming. Like there were things that like absolutely were said that probably broke their terms of service long ago. Uh, But I think that they were worried to make a a move with such Mm -hmm. a high profile person. Whereas like he, he felt that like, oh, you know, they're not really doing that enough to you know, other people. And I was like, I don't know, man, when I hear the data that it's, you know, the average Twitter accounts like 15 minutes, that's telling me they're banning a lot. And they're probably yeah. having to use AI to do that.
0: Um, Almost course. certainly. Yeah. yeah. There's no way <laughs> yeah. that it's just a person sitting there. And, and it I brings will, up a good uh, point too. Well, go ahead, Aaron.
1: I was just going to say, I, I will say that there is a line that they do need to have, right? If you think about yes, going yeah. to therapy or having, you know, executive coaching or something like that, like mm-hmm. you can't go in and talk to your therapist and tell them that, you know, you're going to go kill somebody and then not
0: hurt someone or hurt take yourself. action. Yeah, exactly. Right. Hurt yep. yourself
1: or whatever and have them not take action. They have to. It, it, so there has to be a line somewhere.
0: Exactly. I, I think there is an ethical responsibility to do the right thing. You, deciding what the right thing is, is not always that straightforward, but there are certain things that are, you know, I'll, I'll go so far as to say almost universally accepted as too far. And, and those are perfect examples. It's like, did you say something that implies that you are going to do harm to someone else or harm to yourself? That that's a, I think a pretty generically approachable line for gone too far. Right. The problem is that it gets real gray and real fuzzy as you step away from something as straightforward as "I am going to hurt someone," and then you start backing off and saying, "It's like, wouldn't it be nice if someone hurt someone?" Right? Like, is is that the same thing? Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: I have a problem. I really hope that that problem goes away. Gets fixed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I'm gonna go take care of that for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and. And so but but actually it's neat because uh, Ryan, you you were talking about is the the idea that is are the users more responsible or less responsible or, or have shared culpability for how we got where we got in some cases, right? I think disinformation bots are actually a really good example, is that the Twitter AI, as an example, may not have even been programmed in such a way that uh, radicalization is what got you to stay on, use it, and click links, right? But if you have millions of fake users spreading similar lies, kind of back to what you were saying about GPT-3 and what happened with Microsoft's early you know, chatbot, is that it got this body of evidence that said, oh, this is how humans interact with Twitter. Yeah. And this is how we should help them interact with Twitter. And so it did that and it amplified a voice that we did not want to amplify if, if you just sat everyone that was trying to make these decisions down and asked them, hey, did you want you know, foreign national actors to be able to sow disinformation at scale into Twitter? They'd all be like, oh, heck no. Well, then why was it so yeah, easy? Absolutely. And then you're having a conversation about it, you know?
2: Yeah, Cambridge Analytica. I brought that up during the, um, you know, social dilemma thing. Yeah. Like that that was, that was should have been a big white flag, like a red flag yeah. within our… Uh, Any color our, flag. It was, our, it was he, yeah, it it be, a flag. It was waving flags. Yeah, waving flags. Um, you know, so that that should have been a big moment, and, and I think even you know we, we talk about how it affected the United States during during uh, you know the past four and a half years. Uh, think about how it affected uh, even the European Union with Brexit and yeah. things like that, right? Yeah. This is happening at scale everywhere, and I think what what I brought up on the the human side, of, you know, culpability is it is playing in on what. Some people want to have happen, right, wrong, or indifferent.
0: Bad actors definitely have influence. Yep, and that's—I think—that's the line that we're trying to establish. Right? Is how how do we help make sure that a bad actor doesn't basically divert a platform's artificial intelligence designed to get click cats, right? To making you click cats by doing something more sinister. Right. And, and I, that's actually a really good example of it too. Cambridge Analytica is, is that's dirty business. I think most people would agree.
1: All right. Let me drop one more thing here and then we need to shut it down. Um, just looking at, uh, you know, while I was on Twitter, looking at Twitter spaces stuff here um, for this conversation, uh, Snowden is now trending. And uh, it was released that he was not on Trump's pardon list mm. uh, about an hour ago, Snowden tweeted, I would be I, w- I would rather be without a state than without a voice. So there's an update on his situation. A bunch of people were wondering whether or not he would be on that list. Right. Yeah, that's he was interesting. Not.
2: I actually didn't think he'd be on that particular uh, list unless he has a ton of money that was willing to you know, make <laughs> his voice heard um, well, well. <laughs> uh, shots fired, but uh, shots fired, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I just, I think he's a dangerous one though. I, I think his name uh, for his, per, you know, for, for his particular actions um, would put him in a really tough to pardon space. Right. I think for anybody. I, sure. So I, I, I think I don't know. He might, he might be without a state for a very long time. Um, but I, and I'm not saying that what he did was wrong or anything uh, specifically, but I, I think any top political figure is going to have a, a hard time sure. doing that. Right. Yeah. And I think if you look at the, the list of people and how, that list of people that just recently got pardoned, which I believe we honestly need to overhaul that process uh, for both parties, you know, this whole like idea towards the end of my thing, I'll just go randomly uh, look at who I think should be pardoned. It's a little, a little weird. Um, I doubt that's how the founding fathers envisioned that whole process going. But I think, you know, it's it's one of these things where we're, we're just watching these things slowly become normal. Like, and I don't know if it's good or bad, but you know, we're all kind of just waiting to see what happens out of it all. But it's becoming more normal every single year to just pardon a ton of
0: people towards the end of your uh, your presence. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to end up being a, a point of uh, regulatory concern. I, I don't know. I guess congressional assessment, right? I, I know there's been talk about U.S. presidents and pardoning and, and whether or not yeah. it requires some revision. But yeah, I, I don't know that this president's behavior is all that wildly different than others. No, no, this, gardening. no, absolutely. That's, that's so I, I was trying to keep that. Uh, you know, yeah, right. no, no, no. I, I was just they, they saying both. it outright, right? Like, yeah, I, they, we, they we, both. are all the, of them, for those in the, the audience that don't know American politics, it's it's not unusual to have a wave of pardons that are often uh, apparently biased, right? Um, yeah. You know, at, towards the end of of terms, so.
1: Okay. We need to shut it down. Uh, But one other thing, update, we've talked about Jack Ma uh, previously, several episodes. Uh, He is now back. He's resurfaced. Uh, So article here on Bloomberg. Yeah. Jack Ma resurfaced for the first time since China's government began clamping down on his business empire nearly three months ago. Showed up on a live video stream, uh, sent Alibaba Group's stock soaring, but left plenty of unanswered questions about the billionaire's fate. So there was lots of... Suspected wow. nefarious. You know, I actually things. hadn't been
2: paying. Yeah, been, been paying attention to this kind of yeah, thing. That's but fascinating. I, to, to read that, this confirmed the authenticity of the video.
0: Man, that guy probably needs to move. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, right? I'm not. sure that's a choice anymore. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm not sure it ever was. Actually, it might be one of the ironies of being China's also you know, true. Yeah. most wealthy people is that uh, you're only as wealthy as the government allows you to be. True. All right.
1: Dude, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show with us. I guess I'll shut it down since you opened it up, Tyler. Um, I don't know what you normally say.
0: Uh, thanks (laughs) thanks for for listening. (laughs) See, I know it's not scripted. I I can shut her down. You want me to shut her down? Yeah, do it both. Go. (laughs) Well, that's it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. As Aaron said, Ryan, thank you for joining us. It was great having you on the show. You had some really cool perspectives. We got into fun stuff. Hopefully, some that we'll get to revisit again. Hopefully, others that just evaporate because it'd be great if some of these problems just didn't exist thank you for listening thank you for subscribing thank you for visiting our merchandise store everyone because we have one uh, now get your tbp gear uh enjoy it sip your coffee out of something with our really cool new logo and have a wonderful second half of the week i guess cheers Bye.